I mean only these intense feelings that they overtake in us and they might make us slaves. I do not mean the normal passion I have for, 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 for my work, but even that has made me a slave, then something is not right in my emotional life because I have to depend, you know, I love my wife, love your wife, yes, no, no objection, but if you are attached to her, if you cannot just live, if you have become a slave to your wife or to your husband, then something is not healthy. I have a passion, you know, that, uh, that you know, the, the, fa- the fanatics, the fanatics have passion, you know, liberate the communists, liberate the world, you know. Ah, wait a moment. If that goes too far, you know, the fanatic will say, kill him. You say, kill him. Is that, is that help? We are talking about ideas you now. So therefore, everybody who is overtaken by a passion, and the passion makes him a slave, he cannot have anymore the freedom to choose, then he is not healthy. So fear, freedom from passion. But what on what? Just like that, it doesn't say anything. It, it has to be a state inside us. Which is the state? The state is a state of dynamic calmness. A dynamic calmness. Not a calmness. I mean, never mind what happens outwardly. Things are happening and you just... The healthy men on the emotional level, I mean, bombardments and things like that, you know, I remember churches, you know, that you have heard, you know, he was very healthy, very healthy on the emotional level. He kept quiet, he kept serene inside, and says, okay, okay. He was not overtaken by the fears that other people were overtaken. He could act correctly. Having as a state a dynamic and this is the most difficult now, which is the definition of health on a mental level. This is the most difficult for everybody. Every, we are all seeking that level, but you will see why. Because the, the person who is really, who is really healthy on a on, 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 on mental level is the one who has freedom from selfishness. Freedom from egotism. The egotistical person is a very sick person. He's a very sick person. Why? Because he's a slave. 
the symptoms that we call disease is nothing else but a reaction of the, our organism to a, to a stress agent, to a stressful agent. An agent can be stressing on any level, mental, emotional or physical. Now, if there is a virus on the physical level, then the, the, the stress goes to the vital force and the vital force rearranges the defense and says, in order to defend this virus, I shall raise the temperature brings up fever, but except of this fever, brings, brings on an anxiety, which is on an emotional level a reaction, and also during the, the fever state, brings on some dullness on the mental level. So the reaction is on the physical level, the vital force decides to react on maybe three levels. So, a disease, could you put the lights on please? A disease is not, is not what you have learned to say, you see bronchitis, this is bronchitis. Bronchitis is a, is a group of symptoms. which has uh, coughing, which is, has collection of mucus in the bronchi, and all this symptomatology we call bronchitis. But this is nothing else but the reaction of the organism to the disease. It's not the disease per se. What we perceive actually in disease we perceive a reaction of the, of the, of the body in order, in order to do what? In order to save itself. It raises the fever because if it does not raise the fever, we will not be able to counteract the virus or the microbes or the bacteria. It is necessary. So we cannot say bring down the fever, logically, because this may be dangerous. Yet, this is the system, the prevailing system of medicine for all these all this years. Any symptom, any symptom which you feel, it is a reaction of your defense mechanism in order to bring about a balance. I will give you an example. You have headaches. And every three, four, five days, you get a headache, you have a headache on the, on the right uh, frontal area. And it's so painful, you go to bed, etc. You have all the symptomatology of a migraine. And I say, and you say, what, what, what is this? What is useful for that? Why is this useful for me? It is useful because in the state of imbalance in which your system is, 
means this is the best possible reaction. If you counteract this, if the organism cannot bring up the headache with the spasm of the arteries, maybe if we loosen this up in a way, maybe we shall have something happening which is, which is going to be much more serious. Like, like a brain episode. So, therefore, at any moment, every symptom which is happening in our body is a useful symptom for the state in which we are. Unless we bring ourselves to a better state of balance, this symptomatology will not go away. Taking a painkiller, it doesn't solve any problem. the same uh, the same uh, <coughs> you see I will show you again in this now uh, on the left you see, you see the different therapies on, on, on the top we say traditional psychotherapy uh, in the middle we say encounter T group T group therapy primal therapy and in the bottom we say allopathic medicine and herbal medicine. Now, all the different therapies, all these different therapies, act upon one of the three levels of the human body. So the psychotherapy acts through the mental. You see, the psychotherapist discusses with the, with, with the individual and tries to, to make him understand certain processes through the mental. What is happening is that the impact of the psychotherapist is taken through the mental to the vital force which rearranges and nobody knows exactly what the vital force will decide to do when a psychotherapist forces an individual to understand that what you are feeling now, my, my friend, is because you have suppress homosexual feelings and you don't want to accept them. And he pushes him, he pushes him. Until the individual accepts this idea, yes, I have homosexual feelings, etc. And then the particular phobia goes away, but the impact of the shock that has and the, and, and the, and the chain reactions that I may have through the vital force may develop another syndrome or another set of symptomatology. So we are not in a position to affect the central agency, the central pot where all the information comes and goes. We are not able through psychotherapy to affect the, the, the core of the human body. Neither we can encounter, we encounter therapy. You know what's encounter therapy? They, they come together in groups 
and they bring out their subconscious thoughts and feelings and they talk to each other and say I like you, I don't like you, etc. Bring it out, bring it out. I mean, then you see things, chain reactions which are taking place which nobody can control. There is supposed to be somebody who is the leader and can control and I have spoken with some of these people who say, oh yeah, you got because some some reactions were taking place within the people that nobody could, could control. The allopathic medicine and the herbal medicine are given on the physical body. Again, this is the impact is taken on the vital force, which rearranges again in order to counteract both the disease and the medicine.
see, the common sense says that if allopathic medicine was successful in treating diseases, chronic diseases, we would have witnessed a regeneration of the human race. A regeneration, not a degeneration. The statistics would give less and less chronic diseases. We are aiming at this moment in producing enough homeopathic physicians that will be able to intelligently use these energized medicines in order to bring about a kind of regeneration of the human health again. Many of you, you may have the experience of the regeneration that brings about the, 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 the uh, homeopathic remedy. And therefore you know from experience that what I say is true. But here we are very few considering the vast majority of people that they do not know anything about homeopathy. They do not know anything about the possibility of using this alternative. And I feel that it is our duty, not my duty, not only my duty. You see, he says, let George do it. No. You are going to do it. Everybody who knows about that truth must do it. Must. Somebody will do a little, somebody will, be, will do more. But unless everybody does something for homeopathy at this moment, today, do not expect to see any reverse process of what's happening. The statistics will go again, will, will show more and more degeneration, more diseases, more diseases, new diseases, and the, the human suffering is going to grow and grow and grow. It is the responsibility of everybody who is here today to take some action, never mind what it is. Just tell your neighbor, you know, just give an information. Just tell why do you take so many medicines? Why? I mean, the, the cost, the cost of health care. I mean, only from that you can see the ingestion. You can imagine the ingestion of tons of medicines that are pouring into the human organism as a whole. Eh? Especially the West. Tons and tons and tons which are ingested. And the statistics 50% more, 60%. God knows what we are going to see very soon. One thing, you see, 
we are, we have a reach now, the state in which we can understand what we say, the energy fields, the energy fields. We can understand that when a, a, a virus attacks a human organism, processes that are going on in the body, millions of, of such processes, you know, the white cells, they rise to the point, to the exact point, 13,600 unique, the T cells, they rise to, there are special cells that they come into being, there, there are hormonal, hormonal processes in order to balance things inside, millions of things, a whole cos cosmogeny, a whole, a whole a complex, uh, complex, um, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, uh, the word cosmogeny maybe is not understood by most of you, it means uh, the birth of, of, of new cosmos, of new, of new, the body during this attack of this little virus there is uh, such a complex, vast uh, uh, functions on, on different levels. Huh? And what do we do? He said, give me an anti-inflammatory drug. In these sensitive, uh, very sensitive processes we throw a bomb in the, in, the, in, in the human organism. And there comes orthodox medicine that says, what are you talking about? Energies and energies and energies. Here, what we know is there is a virus and we must kill them. Throw the bomb. This is, this is the spirit which has arisen. Why? Because allopathic medicine has taken the wrong kind of of line of thought. They are thinking only of nosological agents and how to kill. They never think that this body that allows for the agent to develop, how to help this ground, this human body, and not only how to kill the agent. We do not say that we have the whole truth. We say that we have still to develop and to know quite a lot about our science. But we do say that we have in our hands today a science that if, if you could have seen what I have seen, you could really, without any hesitation, you could have called, called it a divine science. Thank you.
and average life, ex life expectancy continues to rise. How to explain this? This, I think there is an explanation, and I have not given the explanation. The, the people who are specialists in that have given the explanation. Uh, the life expectancy does not continue to rise, has reached a point for the last uh, 10, 20 years, and it remains more or less steady. But it has, has re-arisen due to the fact that hygienic measures has taken place on, on a grand scale and also that they have, through technology, managed to save much more babies that were dying before. And in this way, bringing up the general uh, life expectancy into higher level. Not only that, but because I have looked at the statistics of, of WHO, the World Health Organization, do you know which country has the highest life expectancy? Do you think it's Sweden? England? Norway? USA? No. It's Puerto Rico. It's not or some of these countries in, in South America. Therefore, I would not say by any means that uh, allopathic medicine has really uh, increased the life expectancy. And when we, we talk about life, we should take into consideration parameters which show the quality of life. It's important that a person lives with a quality of life which is tolerable, tolerably good. I mean, a person may live, but may live as a cripple, My source of statistics, as somebody asks, is the National Health Service of the Government of England. Uh, could you read this? Do you... Uh, can you read this? I cannot read. Well, it says, are you implying that non-homeopathic therapies have little or no role to play in medicine? Not at all. Every... Uh, therapy has a role to play. So the how much and where is the, is the question. At this moment, the allopathic medicine covers the 98% of, uh, of uh, uh, healthcare coverage. I believe that it does have a role to play. Even allopathic medicine. But not 98%. Perhaps 18% or 8% that most of the diseases, chronic diseases, could be covered by other therapies which have a really a regenerating effect. In some cases, some instances, you have to use allopathic medicines in order to just alleviate some pain or for other end-stages diseases. But it 
should be reduced to much, much less. Not 80, 98%. 8%. Those who work with the mentally and physically handicapped speak of being. of being aware of a wholeness of spirit, a fullness of life, and an amazing capacity of giving and receiving love. How is this possible within your three-level hierarchy? Would you suggest a higher level than that of the mental? Uh, you see, uh, one, one, one thing I did not mention, and I cannot mention everything in, in less than one hour time, is that when somebody acts through the emotional level, and can generate through that level a lot of positive feelings, a lot of love. This generation of a tremendous amount of love can bring about a, a kind of automatic balance in the human body. And we may witness even uh, um, cures from chronic conditions. And we have seen that in certain cases where our patients describe certain periods of their lives where they have been so overwhelmed with love inside them due to an encounter with some other spiritual being or due to an encounter with another polarity being that so much love was generated at a certain period that this action through the emotional level generating a lot of positive emotions have brought about a state of balance and they say in that period I was feeling so well and I was very well. Uh, is psychotherapy or other sorts of therapy useful to the attainment of health in your opinion? You see, I think I have answered that. Also, every therapy has, has a place. And sometimes psychotherapy, you see, to a, to a person who really has a problem, uh, which does not understand why he does it. For instance, I'll just give you an example to understand. A woman gets married with a man, not because she loves him, but because she feels a kind of security with him. He's rich, he's this and that, and he loves her. And all this kind of security gives her the impetus to say, yes, okay, we'll marry. But there is no attraction, there is no love in emotional level or in sexual attraction. What happens to that woman? Very soon, we've seen these cases. When she develops a symptomatology, you see headaches, she says, oh, I have headaches. Or she develops different other symptomatology, you see, she has anxiety, she has fears, she has depressions, she has a peculiar symptomatology which you try to treat, and retreats this symptomatology and another comes, and another comes, until you realize that this woman wants to be sick. Why? Because she wants to avoid the sexual intercourse with the husband whom she does not love. In her logical mind, she does not understand that. She has made a calculation, she married him, and now she is paying for that compromise. 
But because five or ten years have elapsed, she does not connect the two. Her headaches, which is an excuse for not having or not having sex with the husband, and uh, she comes to us and we give a remedy and it does not work, we give another remedy, it does not work, or it does, it does work but it changes the picture. I mean, it seems that the individual wants to be sick. You go deep into the matter, you ask, you ask, and then you, you realize that such a situation exists. Such cases, you may send them for, 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 for counseling and make them understand that the best way for them to gain their health is to divorce. And divorce. And you feel free again, you know. Why are you suppressing yourself, suppressing yourself? Oh, I have to do it. Oh, my God. Suffering, suffering, suffering. Why? But she gives me security. Uh, yes, but you have to take your own responsibilities. In such cases, yes. Another case. <clears throat> what effect does giving the wrong homeopathic remedy have on the vital force? Giving the wrong homeopathic remedy, if you're a classical homeopath, that means you give one remedy and you wait. There is no effect at all. There is no harm at all. Why? Because all our provings, as we say, that means the testing of our remedies were done on us, on human beings, on Hanuman himself, and on his colleagues. And we are doing provings. What we do? We take a remedy. That is the wrong one, eh? To prove it. We have some symptomatology, then we wait one month, two months, and the effect goes away. So there is no, there is no point to, to be afraid when the wrong homeopathic remedy has been given. But if somebody has given you three remedies in the morning, three remedies in the evening, and three in the night, and then the next day, another four, another three, another, and then in the end of the month you have taken 30, 40 remedies, all these interact, and God knows what's going to happen then. And that's the idea, that's the idea why we call ourselves classical homeopaths. We want to know exactly what we are doing at every moment. And I'm going to speak about uh, this in my seminars on Monday and Tuesday to professionals. Uh, can you say more about how homeopathic medicine can bring the three levels to freedom? Uh, to say more, I would need I would another few hours, and uh, I don't think we have that time. And actually, what changes have degenerative illness? What chances have degenerative illnesses like cancer to be reversed? Especially when at an advanced stage by homeopathic treatment. Well, to talk about cancer, we're not allowed. And I would not like to talk about cancer in, in that general meeting. Maybe I talk with professionals, I talk in... that uh, uh, it's not good to steer up examination concerning this disease. Uh, Unfortunately, the questions are so many that uh, we do not have the time. Does homeopathy accept that surgery is necessary? And if so, what part can it play in the treatment of disease 
alongside homeopathic treatment. For example, kidney transplant, heart valve operation, tumors. Yes, uh, surgery plays, cannot be replaced by homeopathy. To a certain extent, it can. There are cases where have been declared as, as surgical cases with big tumors and have been treated homeopathically and tumors have been reduced dramatically. But we cannot say that we can dispense with surgery. Surgery is absolutely necessary. It's the end product of disease that maybe mechanically is obstructing uh, the function, so it has to be removed. So surgery has definitely a place. Every, everything has a place. I spoke a little bit too forcibly, and I understand your concern. But I spoke in this way because I have an experience, an experience of seeing more than 100,000 patients. I was in a unique position where directing that clinic, I would see cases of all 30 doctors. So I've seen many, many cases, I've seen the histories, how they develop, what happened. And I have seen, what I have expounded to you, I have seen it happening. There is a degeneration taking place, and that is important. Then you have to remember, that you have to examine, that you have to, to try to find the statistics yourself, to find the, 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 the facts for yourself and satisfy yourself. I'm giving you my experience, and my experience is very alarming. The human health is degenerating, especially, especially in the civilized countries. So it was very nice to have this exchange, this intercourse. And I hope that another time you shall have the possibility to speak more extensively. Thank you very much.
George Pifulkas will train as teachers. Twenty of these will be from England and ten from other countries in Europe. There will also be regular seminars for larger groups. The first of these is next week. For this project to work, we need support. And especially we need financial support. We have an immediate need for £10,000 to buy equipment, such as photocopying equipment, and in particular, video recording equipment. We intend to build up a library of video cases when George Matulkas is here. If you feel that this project is worth supporting, please make a donation tonight. Please make cheques payable to the Academy of Classical Homeopathy. Thank you very much for coming here tonight, and thank you, George Vitoulkas, for coming here and giving us his time. Good night.